Um, have you ever asked people around you, family members, friends, co-workers, neighbors, uh, why they don't come to church? I mean, obviously, if they go to church, you wouldn't ask them that question. But um, have you ever asked somebody, uh, why, why aren't you a part of a church family somewhere? And uh, I've discovered you usually get answers like, well, church, it's just too long. And it's a little boring, which is a little hurtful to hear. Uh, it, it's my only day to sleep in, you know. Uh, well, you guys are only after my money. Or another one is, You're, the church is too political. Or another really common one is, my church hurt my family back when I was young. And we got wounded, so we don't go anymore. But I found the number one reason, really by far, uh, that people say they don't go to church is because the church is full of, say it with me, hypocrites. Yeah, it, it's the hypocrite excuse. Um, uh, I would go, but you all are just filled with hypocrites. A hypocrite is a person who puts on a false appearance. They grab the mask and they pretend. They believe and say, I'm this, but the truth is they're actually much different behind their mask. They aren't the same person that they claim to be. The teachers of the law, the Pharisees of Jesus' day, they were all about looking good, sounding religious, being spiritual and pious. Here's the truth, though. They were more focused on the outward appearance than what was actually going on on the inside. You understand? They, they, they cared mostly what you thought of me. They were people pleasers at core. Now, please understand, these were the conservatives. They were more conservative than Jesus himself. They were the religious ones. Uh, they were the ones who had all of the rules and the regulations. You understand? So this really applies to us more than most sermons. Because it really is in the area, if we're not careful, we can be more concerned about our outward actions than our inward hearts. Matthew chapter 6, Jesus is clear he doesn't care nearly as much about our outward appearances. Jesus cares about our motives, why we act, why we speak, what's going on in our hearts. Yep, it'll even make you cry. It really will. When you realize he doesn't care about the outward stuff, the, the heart of the matter is the matter of the heart. Okay? Interesting, the word hypocrite occurs at least a dozen times in the Gospel of Matthew, especially here, Sermon on the Mount. Today, we're going to look at three specific areas that we as followers of Jesus, these are examples Jesus gives us. You better be careful, better pay attention, because in this area, uh, regarding giving to the poor, in this area, regarding praying, and in this area, regarding fasting, if you're not careful, you're going to be a hypocrite. Be careful. He's warning us. If you're able, would you stand with me right now for the reading of God's word? We're going to look at Jesus' warning about doing the right things for the wrong reasons. Doing the right things 
but it's really for a wrong reason. We'll read verses 1 to 4 out loud together. Would you join me? Here we go. Watch out. Don't do your good deeds publicly to be admired by others, for you will lose the reward from your Father in heaven. When you give to someone in need, don't do as the hypocrites do, blowing trumpets in the synagogues and streets to call attention to their acts of charity. I tell you the truth, they've received all the reward they will ever get. But when you give to someone in need, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. Give your gifts in private, and your Father, who sees everything, will reward you. Let's pray. Lord, the truth is, we're all guilty of people-pleasing, myself included. We're, we're just naturally born that way. We care deeply about what other people think about, about us. Lord, we, we want people to like us. We want people to value us and appreciate us. And the truth is, Lord, sometimes we care more about that than what you think of us. So we need to hear today clearly from you. Uh, would you help us to look deeply in to see where we uh, are guilty of people-pleasing instead of pleasing your son, Jesus? Lord, uh, it's on my heart, so I'm going to pray about it. We're going to pray for those in Ukraine and Russia, many who, of whom are totally innocent. They've done nothing wrong, and right now they find themselves in the horrors of war. So, Lord, I want to ask for your protection. I pray for salvation for those who don't know your son, Jesus, as Savior and Lord. Lord, give our world leaders wisdom and boldness as they pursue peace. And Lord, we acknowledge you're awesome, you're sovereign, you, you control all this world. There's nothing out of your sight, nothing out of your control. So Lord, would you even use the bad and the awful and the evil of war to accomplish your good plans? You're that awesome. You've got plans and purposes and we're asking that uh, they would be played out. We're looking for that. We invite your spirit now in your church today. The third person of the Trinity, come take charge today in your church. And all the church family at Walloon Lake said with one unified voice, you can be seated. Verse 1 is really the key. Okay, everything else is an example of verse 1. Okay, so let's reread it with me. Watch out. Don't do your good deeds publicly to be admired by others, for you will lose the reward from your Father in heaven. Okay, that's the key principle. Watch out. Beware. There's a natural tendency in all of us to want people to think, I'm better than I really am. It's just the way we're wired. I, I want you to look at me and say, wow, what a pious, spiritual, religious elite PJ really is. So what, what we need to do is we need to constantly be looking down deep and asking ourselves, why am I doing this good deed? 
Am I doing this to please and honor the Lord, or am I doing this because I want to be admired by those who are watching? Okay, so that's always at play. We always have two audiences, uh, the divine audience, the Lord our God, and then the human audience, the people watching us. Here's the problem, Jesus says, you ready? You can't play to both audiences. You're either, you're either doing what you're doing to please the Lord or you're doing it to get admired and applauded by the people watching. You can't do both, okay? When we take people more seriously than God, when people are big and God is small, I'm not following this verse, this principle, this challenge. I'm not watching out. An earthly goal will get us an earthly reward, Jesus says, and no more. So, so if you're only doing this so people will look at you and say, wow, uh, that's all you're going to get. You're only going to get the applause, the praise. But Jesus says the Father's not impressed. If you're doing it just to look pious, that's not enough. Now, Let's go back to the text. Jesus addresses three common ways the Jews of Jesus' day did the right things for the wrong reasons. That's what they're doing. They're doing the right things. These are good things, but for the wrong reason. Okay. Uh, first, uh, he says, be careful when we give to the poor because you need to be watching your motives when you do that. It says, verse 2, um, when you give to someone in need. Now, that's interesting. Um, Jesus says, when you do it, Henry, uh, of course you're going to give to people around you who are in need. That's the assumption. So that's a good thing. Uh, so when you help out those around you who are in need, be careful. Assumption is you're going to do it, but be careful because when you give to someone in need, don't do as the hypocrites do, blowing trumpets in the synagogues and streets to call attention to their acts of charity. I tell you the truth, they've already got their reward. They've received all the reward they're ever going to get. Uh, blowing their trumpets is, a good, is uh, something that they often actually did. They, they had these little trumpets and they thought, wow, this is so good. ba -bum! Myron just put a $20 bill in the benevolent offering. Okay? I think that's where a couple of commentators said this. Probably where tooting your own horn, that's saying. That's probably where that comes from. Okay? Um, literally, hypocrites regards putting on a mask. Caleb, let's put that up there. I, I want them to see. Uh, it's, it's literally the word hypocrite comes from the Greek theater. Track with me now. And the actors would put on a mask to show what they're thinking. Sometimes they'd put the happy mask on. And sometimes they'd put the sad mask on. Again, they're pretending. They're playing a part. But what is really going on down deep? Something very different. You understand? So literally the word hypocrite means to wear a mask. Nobody really knows what's going on. Why? Because you're pretending. 
I want you to understand there's a difference between a hypocrite and a sinner. Give me your eyes. Um, we're all sinners, amen? We all fall short. Even born again followers of Jesus, we still at times fall short. But not all sinners are hypocrites, okay? A hypocrite is somebody who's pretending to be better than he or she really is. Does that make sense? So a hypocrite is somebody, I'm playing a part, and I want to do outward good things. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give to the poor. I'm going to pray. I'm going to fast because I want you to think better of me than I really am. Okay? They were doing the right things for the wrong reasons. Uh, don't pretend to be somebody that you're not in order to get applause, adoration of an audience, okay? Today, don't, don't put on Facebook, well, I just, I just gave to this cause, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, Snapchat, whatever it is, we don't announce to everybody the good things that we're doing. Because if you do, that's all the reward you're gonna get. You might get some likes, you might get some hearts, that's all you're going to get. Uh, verse 3, don't even allow your left hand to know what your right hand is doing. Okay? Don't give so that you can be patting yourself on the back is the idea. Don't, don't be giving so that you can attempt to look really good. One of the good outcomes of COVID, in my opinion, did you know there's actually been some good ones? Okay? Um, one of we've stopped passing the offering plates. Did you notice that, Henry? You're kind of out of one of your major jobs. We we passed the bronze plates every Sunday, and now we've replaced the bronze plates with black offering boxes out in the hallway. Okay, most of the time, few if anybody is watching when somebody's putting an offering in the box. Almost never. Uh, and many of you now have switched to online giving, and that's even more anonymous. You know, every week it's deposited, and again, nobody knows about these gifts to the Lord. Now, I won't lie. Myron and I, I think, talked about this. We were a little nervous about the lack of offering plates, but, but we, nobody wanted to touch an offering plate and, and germ it up and maybe spread uh, the virus all over. So we said, no, we're not, we're not going to do that. Right, Chad? A uh, little nervous. I've got good news. The Lord honors this principle. He really does. Uh, don't give so people can see you giving. Nice job. Wow. That, that looked like a 50. I think I saw you put in there. Um, can I say the giving has never been as good? <laughs> it's never been as good as it is now. And we're not even passing the bronze plates. Why do you think that is? Here's, here's my thought. Seek the Lord's approval. Allow the Lord to see your gift. And the Lord will reward. The Lord cares about right actions done for the right reasons. And I'm telling you, the Lord loves to see good hearts. An earthly goal will get an earthly reward and nothing more. The best gift to receive, honest, is the applause of Jesus in heaven. Uh, when Jesus is the ultimate reason why we're giving, he blesses our giving. That's the idea here. Okay, First warning from Jesus. Be careful 
Watch your motives when you give. Second warning from Jesus here. Uh, be careful. Watch your motives when you pray. Okay? And, and notice what it says when you're praying. Look, look what it says. It says, when you pray, verse 5, don't be like the hypocrites. When you're praying, don't be like the hypocrites. Remember, put the mask on. Ooh, wow, they're praying. Jesus assumes if you're a Jesus follower, of course you're going to pray. But when you pray, prayer is talking to the Lord. Track with me. Prayer is talking with the Lord. It's not about calling attention to yourself and having people be impressed. Don't pretend to be what you're not, okay? In Jesus' day, the religious leaders had set up specific hours that you, if you were a good, pious, devout Jew, would pray, much like they do in Muslim companies, countries today, okay? So again, set up designated times Religious Jews were encouraged to pray. So, noontime's about to come. That's a designated time. Um, now, I just happen to find myself on the busiest street in Jerusalem. It's crowded, and now it's noon. It's time to pray. I have to pray. So in front of this huge crowd, uh, I'm praying out loud, long, recited, memorized prayers. And as you pass by me, and oh, I'm saying some fancy words right now, wow, this, this is a really religious and zealous and devout uh, follower of Jehovah God. Look, he looks so pious, okay? The problem was, I intentionally stopped in this busy place, and Jesus says, you know what? When you're just saying fancy, memorized words, you're really not talking to me. You're just trying to impress the audience. You, you really are trying to please them. You're not really talking to me. Now, Jesus gives two suggestions regarding prayer. Look at uh, verse 6. He says, but when you pray, go away by yourself. Shut the door behind you and pray to your Father in private. Then your Father who sees everything will reward you. Okay? Um, just go away. If you really want to pray, go get alone with the Lord and talk to the Lord. And that's why I would encourage you, shut your eyes. Why? Do you have to shut your eyes for the Lord to hear? Well, hopefully not when you're driving, if you're praying. No, please keep your eyes open. But shutting your eyes takes away the distractions, okay? And he's not necessarily banning prayer in public. How do we know that? Well, Jesus prayed in public a lot in the Gospels. The early church prayed in public. The, the epistles where Paul writes, they prayed in public. What he's saying is, is your prayer more fervent and elegant when you're doing it in front of others? Are, are, are you praying the same way you pray in secret when you're praying in front of others? If you're more honest and real uh, when you're in 
public, then when you're in private, you got a problem. Because you're praying to impress. You're using fancy words. Uh, so here's the question. Am I talking with the Lord or am I praying so that you'll think I'm better than I am? Second suggestion, verses 7 and 8. Go back to it. When you pray, don't babble on and people of the other religions do. They think their prayers are answered merely by repeating their words again and again. Don't be like them, for your Father knows exactly what you need even before you ask. Here's what Jesus says. Don't, don't think you're going to wear God down by repeating the same words again and again and again. You understand? The first warning Jesus gives about praying, uh, just Go and pray by yourself. Now, he says, don't pray to impress God. Okay, first one is, don't pray to impress the crowd. But now, don't be praying thinking you're going to change his mind. Um, we're going to put a Buddhist prayer wheel up here. Um, that literally is a prayer wheel. They've got a prayer or a mantra printed on that wheel, and they spin it. And they'll spin for hours. Why? Because in their minds, that prayer on that wheel is being prayed hundreds and thousands and tens of thousands of times. And the more I spin this baby, God's impressed. God's saying, wow, look at you. You must really be serious about this prayer. Um, and sometimes we do this over meals, don't we? Same prayer. Uh, come, Lord Jesus, be our guest. Bless this food to us. Be blessed. Amen. Wow. He, he must really be. He, why do I do that? Well, I just don't want to choke. I'm really not talking to the Lord. You just say the abracadabra, the magic words, and then you don't choke. It's all good. The Gentiles thought the longer you prayed, the more words you used, surely God's going to hear your many words. And he's going to answer you. And I'm just telling you, surely God will be impressed by my pious multitude of words. When we're praying, give me your eyes. We're talking to the Lord. The purpose of prayer is not to try to wear God down. The purpose of prayer is to get my heart and my mind in the right place. I pray so that my heart and my mind is in a trusting, believing, depending uh, mode. Doing the right thing, praying in the wrong way is useless. Okay? So after this, go, go back to your, your Bibles or on, on your phone. You'll notice uh, Jesus says this is how you, you shouldn't pray. Don't pray like this. And in verses 9 to 15, he teaches us how to pray. We call that the Lord's Prayer. And I'm telling you, that's great stuff. Uh, but I looked, I think I've preached on this six times. So we're going to wait for another day before we dig in for number seven, okay? So let's go back. We'll go down past. Uh, first warning, Jesus says, be careful, watch your motives when you give. Second warning, be careful, watch your motives when you pray. And the final warning, Jesus says, be careful, watch your motives when you fast. When you fast. Now, 
Fasting is something we don't talk about much uh, in the church today. We just don't. I'd rather talk about potlucks, carrying dinners. Um, We seldom talk about it, and I admit, I know it's hard to believe, but I'm not an expert at all when it comes to fasting, okay? But just like giving to the poor in prayer, go back to verse 16. Here's what Jesus says. When and when you fast, assuming it's something we're going to do, something we should do. And, and when you give and when you pray and when you fast, that's good. What is fasting? It's when you abstain from something you like to do for a spiritual reason. Um, examples, eating, drinking, uh, sexual activity for the purpose of prayer, devotion, mourning, repentance, to hear from the Lord clearly. Usually, it has to do with praying and being sensitive toward the Lord over a situation going on. Okay, Fasting in the Old Testament, sometimes it was corporate, Jonah chapter 3, the entire city of Nineveh fasted, including the animals. Moses fasted 40 days before he received the law on Mount Sinai. And Jesus, before he began his public ministry, remember what he did? He fasted. Okay? The only required fast in the Old Testament was once a year on the Day of Atonement. Okay? So only one time in the Old Testament, one time per year, Day of Atonement, all the nation of Israel fasts. But in Jesus' day, the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, they taught we should be fasting two days a week. If you are a really devout, zealous Jew, you should fast, they suggested, Mondays and Thursdays. <laughs> and, I, and I thought, why Mondays? And, because they thought Moses went and received the law and had his encounter with God on Mondays and Thursdays, okay? Um, so a devout Jew encouraged, prodded, you want to be zealous uh, twice a week, and wow, your religious standing will get out. Everyone will say, wow, I didn't realize you were so religious. Go back to the text, verse 16. And when you fast, <laughs> don't make it obvious as the hypocrites do, Okay? The hypocrites are doing something good for a wrong reason, okay? They are fasting, and it says when you fast, but they're fasting because they want everybody to ask, what's wrong? What's wrong? You're not looking good. You're looking tired. You're looking weak. You're looking gloomy. And your answer would be, Henry, oh, I'm just fasting unto the Lord. Got to say Lord. You got to say that. Uh, and, and, ooh, wow, wow. If you want people to know you're fasting, that's your reward. If, you, if that's your reason for a temporary word of praise, just so Henry would go, ooh, that's your reward. You lose your eternal reward. Uh, second, verse 17, uh, but when you fast, comb your hair, wash your face, Take a shower, uh, then no one will notice that you're fasting except your father who knows what you're doing in private. And your father who sees everything, he'll reward you. 
He'll give you the answers, okay? Uh, if you're fasting to hear the Lord, the Lord says, I'll honor that. I will. But if you're fasting so people will see that you're fasting, he says, you lost it. Brush your teeth, comb your hair, look like normal. The probing question Jesus asks, are you fasting for the Lord or are you fasting for attention so people will know that you're fasting? Because you can't do both. You're either going one way, you're doing it for the Lord, or you're all in and you want to be impressive to other people. So giving, praying, fasting, all places in Jewish culture where people were tempted to do the right thing for the wrong reasons. Understand? That's where they were. Question is, 2022, where are we tempted to make people big and God small? Where are we tempted to be people pleasers? So I want to ask you some questions, okay? Here's questions uh, that will help us discern. Am I doing the right thing for the right reasons for God? Or am I doing the right thing for the wrong reasons? Um, Question number one. Do you sometimes do things not because you're hearing the Lord nudge and prompt you? But because if you don't do it, others might think poorly of me if I don't. Are there some areas in your life, the reason you're doing something isn't because the Lord said do this. It's because it's I'm pretty sure they won't think highly of me. Second question. Do you sometimes have a hard time saying no? I, I think I should say no. But even though I'd like to say no, I'm going to say yes so you'll think more highly of me. Third question. Do you sometimes exaggerate or inflate a story to be funnier than it really is? Or to be more impressive to your listeners? Fourth question. Do you sometimes hide or minimize your mistakes? When you mess up, is there a little bit of fear what other people will think of you if they knew that you messed up here or you made a mistake over here? Hmm. Do you avoid taking risks? Yeah, the Lord is encouraging you to go, but yeah, I don't, I don't think so because if I mess up, if, if it doesn't come through how I think it should come through, then people will laugh at me. People will think, poorly of me. So uh, I'm, I'm going to avoid that risk. Here's another question. Are you sometimes nice to people because you want them to like you? You probably wouldn't take the time to be so nice, but the real reason at Cora is I, I'm being nice because I want you to like me back. Um, another question. How hard is it for you when you're misunderstood? You're, you're doing something and you know you're doing the right thing, but now it's obvious you're misunderstood. People are judging you poorly. How hard is that for you to deal with? Here's the truth. Most of us, to one degree or another, we're fearful of what other people think of us. Most of us, we spend a whole lot of time uh, 
making sure that what I'm doing is acceptable to you. Life recovery groups call this codependency. You know what I call it? People-pleasing. That, that's for me. That, that helps me. Uh, I assume responsibility for your needs because I feel worthless unless I'm needed and doing stuff for you. I care way too much what you think about me and how you view me. I act or speak or behave based on how the people around me will think of me. And I care too much, way too much sometimes, that you approve of me and you think I'm valuable. So that's, that's how I behave. That, that, that is how I speak. But here's the great thing. Give me your eyes. This is the best thing. Jesus instructs us in the way of freedom. Jesus models freedom because Jesus trusted God the Father for his reputation. Philippians 2 said he just laid it all down and, and the Father, Philippians 2 says, honored Jesus and really what the other people thought didn't matter. Opinions of others, really, Jesus' sole focus was to please and honor the Father. Sin and our old nature twists, distorts our thinking, and pretty soon I'm all about pleasing people and I'm not thinking about pleasing the Lord. I, I got to please others. We attempt to please people, and that brings frustration and futility. You understand? You, you start living this way, you get the mask up, you get, I, wanted, I want you to like me. I'm telling you, it's futile. It's fruitless. It's frustrating. Jesus does for us what we could never do for ourselves. Jesus lived the life that pleased the Father so that the Father can forgive our sins through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. When we say yes to Jesus, listen, when we confess with our mouth, believe in our heart that Jesus arose from the dead, we get a new, pure heart. Isn't that good? So now I got a new, regenerated heart. Jesus empowers us to be released from the control of what other people think. That's really amazing. Now suddenly, I can actually be all about what would Jesus have me do? What is Jesus thinking? And I'm living and I'm thinking and behaving to please the Lord. And, and I'm not focused on what other people might think of me. We're free now to please Jesus Christ and him alone. Which means, listen, we can do the right things for the right reasons. What's the right reason? Always to please and honor and glorify Jesus Christ with my life. We're, we're free. The shackles of people pleasing have been broken. Now we're free to please Jesus. Let's pray. Lord, uh, it's hard to be honest and realize how much of what we do is for other people. The reality is we all have an old sinful nature and part of that nature is that we want to please the people around us. We want to do the right things. But we're doing them 
so they'll like us, so they'll think highly of us, so that they'll be our friends. Lord, would you empower us to do the right things for the right reasons? And Lord, if there's pockets of hypocrisy in our life, If there are places we're putting that mask on consistently, would you show us right now? We're listening. Give us freedom, Lord. Lord, we're, we're tired of, of living to please the people around us. Help us to start focusing on pleasing you and you alone. And Lord, if there are any watching online or here in person today who've never confessed with their mouth and believed in their heart that you raised Jesus from the dead, might today be the day of salvation. Might today they believe right with their mouth, Jesus, I believe you were raised from, you did that for me. Help them to say yes to your son, Jesus, as Savior and Lord. Bring new life. Bring us the power to live strong for you and to do it for you alone. We love you. Thank you for your word. Thank you for the greatest sermon ever preached. <laughs> and it's still powerful today. It's in Jesus' name we pray.